Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune podcast. Um, Just a quick update on my soon-to-be-published book. Um, again, I don't have an exact date because it's, it's a bit of a guessing game, namely on the narration, which is completed, but it has to be approved by ACX, which is, uh, Amazon's platform for, for Audible. And, and that, you know, we never have a clear answer on when that happens, but I'm hoping in the next week, um, it'll be out um, within the next seven to 10 days, uh, zero sum book. One of the civil strife series, uh, will be published, um, and, and will be available for purchase on Amazon as a, as an ebook, as a paperback hardcover, and as a, uh, as an audiobook. So really looking forward to that. Um, go ahead and give this video a thumbs up. If you plan on buying that, get into the main topic of today's, um, today's podcast. Uh, I, I want to take some time to talk about silver and gold and some big, big things that are happening in the silver and gold market. These aren't groundbreaking, um, like overnight things that are happening. Th- these are long things, these processes, these trends that are grinding out over a period of weeks and months that accumulate into something that's, that's invariably very positive for, for precious metals and very positive for silver. You know, I did my video, you know, uh, t- I think two weeks ago, my podcast titled, uh, uh, something along the lines of how come silver hasn't taken off yet? How come we haven't seen silver at the moon yet? And, and the, you know, I started off by saying, Hey, we've checked a lot of boxes here, but, but obviously there's still some things working against precious men- metals and, and silver, uh, namely narrative in, in terms of monetary policy, inflation, all of that. Even though inflation is high, the narrative, unfortunately, uh, according to many is that it's transitory, right? Um, I, I certainly don't think that's the case. Um, but then even on the supply and demand, which I think is pretty bullish, you know, for a while there in 2020 and, and even parts of 2021, um, large buyers, specifically India of, of silver and gold, they didn't leave the market, but, but they didn't make nearly the impact that they have in the past. And that's what I want to start off with today in basically that, that, that trend I think is, is changing. This is, um, an article from Reuters, uh, published on October 4th. So two days ago from, from the recording of this podcast, India's September gold imports surge as prices correct ahead of festivals. Uh, imports jump to 91 tons versus 12 tons a year ago. Now, now, part of that is, is that, you know, those low imports a year ago were low be, largely because of COVID, right? Um, so it's a huge 658% year over year. But of course, that's because of, well, how low it was last year. However, 91 tons is a good month for gold, uh, for, for gold, uh, you know, Indian imports and gold. And, and I think it is, you know, one of, of many months that I think we'll see, uh, coming down the, down that line where we'll see gold continue to perform well. Um, 
in, in terms of being imported into, into India, into their market, perform well in that sense. And I think the same will be true for silver. I don't have data on the silver market. Um, certainly gold is, is highly desirable in, in many parts of Indian culture as, as jewelry, but, but I'm not talking, as I said in the past, we're not talking dainty jewelry, little rings or, or thin chains, but, but I'm talking about a serious amount of weight, uh, because so much of the Indian, uh, population, you know, stores their wealth in precious metals. And in, and in real estate, right? Their house, uh, not nearly as involved in the banking sector as many other economies and, and cultures. Um, I, I think to their benefit in many cases. Um, and if we look over the past, uh, you know, year, the time where, where, you know, India was not buying as much silver and gold as they have in the past. A big part of that was because, well, they had all this silver and gold and, and that was their savings. And, and they had a huge economic downturn, like much of the rest of the world. They got hit very bad. Um, not necessarily just by COVID, but in terms of, of economic costs as well. And, you know, now you have, you know, a billion plus people, maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of the population that now has to tap into their reserves. And well, it worked out pretty well that that happened to be in silver and gold and, and you know, not just rupees or, or, you know, in the market, right? Uh, stocks and, 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 and whatnot, bonds. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a big part of why so many of us own silver and gold. Yes, it's, it's to benefit from any price appreciation as a long-term hedge and whatnot, but it's also, you know, a savings account of sorts. Um, and, and so they benefited from that. And, and like I said, you know, the other big takeaway here is, is that their gold imports are rising. And I would expect the same to be true for silver because silver is, um, they are one of the biggest global buyers of silver in in non-industrial terms. They they, they certainly buy it in, in those terms as well, but for jewelry and, and as an investment, coins, bars, medallions, etc. Next thing I want to talk about here, though, another bit of kind of positive mm-hmm. uh, information, a positive trend in the silver market is is uh, U.S. mint sales, Silver Eagle sales, which continue to be, I think, a pretty good benchmark for um silver demand in in the market overall uh not perfect by any means i think over the years to some extent we have seen some rotation out of eagles and into other coins especially in the last you know 10 years what when we've seen such a proliferation of other products available um from from other mints whether that's the perth mint or the um or the british royal mint or, or various other European countries, uh, Canada, obviously, Mexico, um, China. It's not that they didn't have those products before, but a lot of them have expanded their, their offerings, a lot of variety, um, a lot of different series and whatnot. And, and the mint hasn't done that to the same extent. They have, you know, their America the Beautiful collection. They have some other ones that they've come out with, but not to the same extent. It hasn't quite garnered the same amount of, I think, attention. And, uh, and still, we're seeing strong demand for silver thus far. In fact, um, already in October, it's showing up, uh, according to their website, as half a million um, ounces sold, uh, Silver Eagles. Um, that's following uh, a very strong month in September, in which it sold uh, two, a little over 2.7 million. The month prior, almost 4 million ounces in August, over 3 million in um, July, uh, almost 3 million in, in June. Um they didn't sell any in May because they were making their switch over to the, to the new Eagle. Um, but, but overall, I mean, if you're looking at the trends here, October is not even finished yet. We're only, uh, you know, not even a week in already at a half million ounces on the year. 
they're at over two point or sorry over two uh, twenty six million ounces sold uh, last year. They only topped thirty million. Now part of that last year was well they were they were constrained somewhat um, by by supply. They they couldn't get them out quickly enough because of a lot of COVID related restrictions. So that that played a role in that obviously. But thirty million ounces, roughly a little over that last year, um, well on pace to exceed that at least meet that this year, probably exceed at, at, at the current pace as we wrap up the year. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, 31, 32 million, depending on what direction it goes. Uh, that's positive. That's huge. We, again, we're not looking for huge overnight change in the market. We're like, boom, you know, you have a, you have a, a super wealthy company, a super wealthy celebrity, whatever it might be, government coming in, purchase 50 million ounces overnight. Um, That'd be very difficult to do in today's market. Um, but, you know, if they were to do something like that, I don't think it'd be a bad move on their part. Uh, but, but it's difficult to do and, and it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Um, to that extent, maybe some government purchases eventually. Um, but, but I mean, this stuff that just grinds out month after month of, of strong demand. I mean, this is, this is how you soak up physical demand off of the market. Case in point. Checking out the the Comex uh, registered silver uh, stocks just recently dropped below 100 million ounces. It's kind of a big milestone. Took a while to get there, obviously, but it continues to drop under 100 million ounces. You know, the closer you get to zero, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how close we get. But as this trend continues, of silver essentially being taken off of the Comex and being stored in vaults. Um, or, or elsewhere, you know, there's even the, the one company that's out there, uh, taking delivery of, of thousand ounce bars and cutting them up for sale. You know, every thousand ounce bar that's taken off of the Comex, uh, the LBMA, et cetera, um, you know, brings us closer to sort of an end of, to this scheme because, because more and more you have this market, this huge paper market trading, you know, many multiples of the actual amount of silver, even mined in a given year, you know, on, you know, on a weekly basis, but, but certainly many multiples of the silver that they actually have in stock, right? Registered, uh, you know, the, the, the more that that drops, the more these paper traders are just going to get out of the market or, you know, in some cases going to be asking for delivery, right? Because, you know, who wants to, who wants to be the one, you know, when the music stops, you know, not sitting in, in the chair, you know, to, to use the analogy of sort of musical chairs. I mean, who wants to be that trader who's, you know, has a futures contract is long silver on the COMEX, uh, but, but there's not any silver actually there, right? Or there's a fraction of the actual contract value, right? We're getting closer to that, I think. And, and again, these are just trends that gr- are grinding out day after day, week after week, month after month. These aren't things that are changing overnight. Um, another really positive trend for silver. So, you know, going back to that podcast from, from, you know, two weeks ago, you know, why isn't silver taken off yet? These things are, it takes time and it grinds out. Um, manipulation obviously plays a big role in the narrative surrounding the Fed, monetary policy, the economy and inflation. That's a big one. Uh, those continue to, to, to play a big role in why silver hasn't really taken off to the extent that you or I might expect, but it's coming. It's just a matter of time. These trends, I mean, we're talking supply and demand. We're talking about laws of economics that can't be avoided. They can't be skirted. They can't, you know, it's just a matter of an eventuality. And like I said before, you know, uh, in timing is everything when it comes to some investments. Um, when it comes to precious metals, it's not nearly as important as many others, such as 
maybe in the stock market to some extent, but certainly um, any sort of leverage bets, options, etc. Timing is everything on those things. It's far less important something that you're planning on buying and holding for the long term. Yes, you're missing out on some opportunity cost, but you know the counter to that argument, of course, is that you're taking exposure off the table to a lot of other asset classes, which are you know, eventually due for a correction or, or worse. I'm, I'm talking about sovereign bonds, corporate bonds, um, much of the equities markets, certain real estate markets, uh, and more, right? Uh, you're taking exposure off the table to those things. And yes, you might be missing out on opportunity costs, but, but you know, you know how the saying goes when it comes to something like, let's say the stock market, uh, you want to be, you, you don't want to be caught picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. Right. The same goes true for the bond market. You don't want to be caught long something trying to eke out a 5% gain uh, when there's a high risk of a much, much, much larger uh, correction or, or crash in the market. Of course, none of this should be taken as investment advice. Just just my own thoughts on the matter. Um, but but that's uh, that's where I'm at on it. As always, though, I appreciate you guys tuning in to today's podcast. Um you know, like I said before, I'm far from capitulation on all of this. Um, I think it's just a matter of time, right? And I, and I actually, there's a, an interview I did uh, last week, sorry, last week yesterday with uh, Paul Eberhardt from Silver Doctors. Talked about a lot of things, checked out on their channel. Um, certainly give give Paul a comment, a like, a view, whatever it might be. Um, but also, you know, I said, you know, price forecast going forward, like I said in my recent video, you know, how low will silver go? I could see down to 20, I could see down to 18 bucks an ounce through the end of the year. Um, but that's not a, that's not a guaranteed by any means. It could go much higher. Uh, I could really find a reversal point here, find some support here. But sorry about the, uh, the vehicle backing up nearby here. Uh, if you hear the beeping, but you know, heading into 2022, that's when I really anticipate much stronger, um, positive price action in, in silver because you, you have seasonality in play. And I think you'll have a lot of these things like narratives um, really falling apart at that point, you know, early 2022, even the end of this year. As always, though, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast. Stay tuned for more news about my upcoming book, or, you know, if you're looking, if you're an ebook reader, go ahead and, and just uh, pre-order it if you want. Once again, hit that like button. Uh, if you are if you're buying it, if, if, if you want to check it out once it's available. As always, though, thank you for tuning in and God bless.